all status, I'ma beat y'all back I pull up on the block in a big Corvette yeah. Riding around the city with a stick all black Project Overdrive, an extension of the Raj Project Live that airs every Monday and Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and audio and video on Facebook Live, Periscope and Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn Live, and YouTube, a conversation about life, entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. My name is Ivan Temelkoff, and of course, I'm your host. On this podcast, you will gather 100% real, raw, and unfiltered life-changing advice to help you level up in every aspect of your life and business and help you reach your goals and dreams. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a doozy of an episode for you guys. And uh, joining me today is Raj Subramayar. Did I pronounce that correctly? Raj Subramayar. That was Subramayar. <laughs> Subramayar. How's it going, man? Going great, man. Uh, working on awesome things and i um, just glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So before we jump into a conversation here with Raj, uh, I want to share with you guys a little bit about Raj. He's an international keynote speaker, author and tech career coach who helps people to land their dream job and become successful leaders. Uh, He has helped countless individuals discover their zone of genius and leverage it to live a life that they love. He is a sought after speaker at various conferences and has been featured in numerous podcasts and publications including Authority Magazine, Thrive Global, Addicted to Success, Career Addict, and of course, The Good Men Project. He's also the author of the new book, Skyrocket Your Career. In his spare time, he loves traveling with his family and discovering new experiences, which includes craft beer. You can connect with him on Twitter at Epsilon11 or his website, Raj Subra. Man, so that's a that's a phenomenal bio, and I think... Um, you know, uh, right before we hit record, uh, when when I saw in your bio, the Goodman Project, I was like, OK, all right, this is going to be a powerful discussion here. But before we get into that, let's start with your story. Let's tell people like, OK, how, how did you get into everything that you got into, like speaking and, you know, you're a fellow immigrant also. So tell us a little bit about, about your story and, you know, the journey to the free world. It's funny because you were just talking about how people think life is like an Instagram story where uh, like how you read my bio, I have all these accomplishments. So people think, wow, look at this guy. He's accomplished so much, but they don't know the backstory in terms of how much hard work has gone into it. So I'm glad that you brought this up. Um, So let's take a step back and set some context for your viewers and listeners. I grew up in the southern part of India from a place called Chennai. It's uh, one of the five bigger cities uh, in uh, India, which pretty much runs the economy as well. You have IT, you have all the business booming from that location, right? And I'm the younger of the two kids. And since a young age, I had this uh, inferiority complex that I wasn't good enough and I didn't matter. It was partly because of my childhood upbringing where my dad, his entire life, he studied in scholarships. And then my brother, he was super smart. He had like three master. He has three masters and a PhD. And then there I was, the average Raj who didn't do well in anything, academics, sports, dating, you name it. I was pretty much average in everything. Right. So what I started doing was 
since my childhood, I constantly try to emulate other overachievers around me. Because uh, for those of you listening who are Asian, you can relate to this. Uh, when you're mm-hmm. growing up, you're pretty much given only three choices doctor, lawyer, or engineer, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, you need to pick one and then you constantly get compared to other people, right? Say you get an A uh, in your science exam or mm-hmm. math exam, then your parents, the next question they're going to ask is, how did Rahul do in this exam? He got an A plus, why didn't you get right. an A plus? So that's that's not just unique to me. It's an Asian thing. And a lot of people uh, are more focused on academics. So that was kind of the environment I grew up in. And I was constantly comparing myself with other people. And what that ended up doing to me was I developed this uh, feeling of anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, fear of rejection. I felt like an outcast because every time I used to ask questions about things I don't understand, I used to get reprimanded for it because where I come from, you don't ask questions. You follow the status quo and go right. with it. But if you ask questions, then yeah, people say, why you're asking questions? Parents know best, society knows best. We have already lived a life, so we know what's best for you. So that's kind of the environment. And yeah. um, this kind of continued until my second year of my undergrad, where Throughout, throughout my childhood till my second year of my undergrad, I was always this introverted, shy kid. I was in a shell because of all these experiences. Yeah. But then it happened. I still remember this vividly. Uh, I was in my study room during my second year of my undergrad. And then all of a sudden, I feel my chest starting to hurt. And then I could feel my heart beating. Uh, heart beating really fast, like tuck, 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 tuck. Yeah. I thought I was getting a heart attack, but later on in life, I found out it was actually a panic attack, my first panic attack. Oh, wow. And um, then I started sweating. My body was shaking. Hands were trembling. I started tearing up. I could feel the tears trickling down my cheeks. And yeah. I didn't know what the hell was happening. And then I slowly started to notice that the pain that physical pain was starting to shift towards my head. Now it's not physical anymore. It's like mental pain. Yeah. It's because 20 years of living a life under false identity, living a life for other people, trying to please others, trying not to disappoint others. All these feelings had bottled up inside me because yeah. I came to a realization that in the process of trying to make other people, people, other people feel good about me. I was actually disappointing myself. I was letting other people's opinions be my reality. And once I got that realization, I just burst out in tears. And for two hours, I sat there crying uh, profusely. And I just couldn't stop because all these feelings, this Pandora box of feelings had opened up. Yeah. And that's when I realized, you know what? I have only one life. And I know I matter. I'm good enough. I can carve my own identity and I can strive for greatness. And that's when I declared power over my life. And yeah. that pretty much triggered my whole transformational process 
uh, in terms of how I transform from being a shy introverted kid earning a minimum salary into becoming an international keynote speaker, author, and tech career coach running a six-figure business, right? Yeah. And after that incident, I decided that I have to face different fears head on. And we can talk about some stories in terms of some fears which I faced. But uh, I had this fear of anxiety, fear of rejection. I had fear of public speaking, fear of not being worthy. So I identified, identified those fears and then started pushing myself out of my comfort zone to start addressing those fears. And over the past 15 years, I tried so many different things with my life in terms of experiences, yeah. uh, successes, and failures that has got me to where I am today. So that's why when you started off with the introduction, it looks super fancy and I'm really proud of it, proud of what I've done till now. Yeah. But it was 30 years of learning, which got me into what I'm doing today. And uh, that's kind of my whole background story. And we could always talk mm-hmm. about my experience sure. as an immigrant and how I made changes and stuff like that. Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, uh, you're absolutely so a couple of things I wanted to share and allude to what you shared in your story, because I can resonate with a few of those things as a fellow immigrant. Uh, first of all, I think a lot of people, when they hear someone's story and let's face it, we live in a materialistic world where it's like the Titanic. People only see what's going on on the top. They don't, they don't understand what's 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 on the bottom. So, you know, you see someone driving a Lambo and you're like, oh, that person was born, born with a silver spoon because that's your typical misconception as your yep. typical civilian in a materialistic world. But what you don't know in most cases is what it took to drive that Lambo down the street, like the sweat and the hard work, the adversity, the pain, the sacrifice, the risk, the the hatred that that the haters like. So I want to kind of reverse engineer a few things. Uh, and that was the first one. Now, when you were talking about in the beginning of your story and you shared your background, where you came from, like I could totally relate to that because as an Eastern European, you know, I grew up in and what would you call, I guess, a low income family. I mean, there's really in Eastern Europe, there's no there's no middle class. You're, you're either you know poor or you're rich. There's uh-huh. no in between. And, you know, I grew up in former communism era. So like there were definitely wasn't a middle class by any means. Right. Um, in fact, fun fact, I couldn't celebrate the holidays until I was nine years old or you could be arrested for, for having a Christmas tree in your bedroom. You know, like wow. it was fucked up. And yeah. but I want to talk about the the cultural aspect of having expectations from family because you were talking about like here's your brother you know he's he's like you know ridiculously smart and intelligent and you're you're like i'm just this average dude and that's who i was i was i was like you know my parents wanted me to go to college wanted me to get a degree you know i i totally fucked that one up because i dropped out of college and barely graduated high school and then it's like you come to the realization, the reason I'm talking about this is just that what most people don't understand is just that, like you said, in fact, one life is is part of a brand that I had been talking about also for a long time, because you're right, you have one life and you have to determine in this life, are you going to live your life based on your own expectations and your own goals and dreams? Or are you going to live a life based on other people's expectations? 
And I think one of the biggest misconceptions here for immigrants is this that, you know, our family has expectations of us. They mm-hmm. want us to become something. And it's not because they don't care about their own vision, our visions, but it's because they are afraid of us failing. They don't want us to fail. They don't want us right. to get hurt. So when you were talking about like, you know, growing up in India, it's like you're either a doctor, engineer or a lawyer, right? It's like there's no other alternatives because let's face it. If you come from India, those are like three of your options. I mean, when you look at the world, some of the smartest doctors came from India. And so like this, yeah. like this, you know, preset expectation and suddenly he's like here and here's Raj. Like Raj is not doing anything. And so that's why I want to talk about this, because he has to do with false expectations. You know, it has to do with setting your own expectations, setting your own goals. And what's really frustrating about that, because I went through this also. I remember when I was 14, 15, all the way up until, I guess, 21 years old. So like the first six or seven years living in the United States, I was completely lost. Because and I was lost because we were talking about anxiety. And I think there was probably some anxiety at that age because I was striving to live the life of someone else. I was striving to live a life of what my parents wanted to be. I was striving to live a life, like you said, trying to emulate other people. Like I was bullied all through high school. So I try mm-hmm. to emulate the cool kids. I'm like, right. I should dress like them. I should talk like them. You know, uh, I should do what they do, you know. And honestly, and maybe this is an age gap or maybe a lack of education because I was so young, but literally it has taken me probably 20 years to figure out the fact that, you know, fuck the rest of the world. You just do you. Yeah, that's literally because at the end of the day, you know, the way I see it is you you, you've got two options. You make good choices or bad choices, whatever those are. Make good choices, you reap the rewards. You make bad choices, <laughs> you suffer the, the consequences. But I think that most people try to emulate everybody else in the world. Right. They try to emulate because of maybe peer pressure or family pressure also. And that's literally what you were talking about in your buys. It's like, you know, your family wanted you to be someone that you weren't that you didn't aspire to be, you had different, you have a different path. You had a different vision. And that's what's so frustrating. I know even these days having conversations with my father, who's a fellow entrepreneur running a business of 20 plus years. I think after all this time, he's starting to finally realize that I'm living my own life based on the way that I want to live it, based on following my goals, my dreams. And so when you were talking about these things, you know, I think this is really key for listeners is to understand that you got to find yourself. Stop living based on other people's expectations. Stop trying to emulate everybody else. Find yourself. What is it that you want to do? What is it that makes you happy? And so, and I want to go back to that because, you know, I want you to expand more upon. So becoming an international speaker, right, sought after on conferences and building a business with over six figures and being featured in, you know, all these, you know, top publications, like that didn't happen overnight. No. (laughs) As I was saying, uh, it all started with the trigger event, which we just described. And then Mm -hmm. it was uh, trying to identify what, what are the fears which is holding you down? 
mm-hmm. right? And then doing some self-reflection on why am I doing what I'm doing currently and what do I need to change? So you need to start recognizing it, right? right. And then you start researching what other people are doing to get to where they are today, which aligns with what I want to do in life, right? Right. And then you start taking action on, okay, what are the different things uh, I can learn from other people, then customize it based on my context, and then start facing my fears because it all boils down to two things, pushing out, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and facing your fears, right? So quick couple of examples would be, you talk, talked about uh, being an international keynote speaker, right? How I uh, now I am speaking in front of thousands of people. And mm-hmm. yes, that didn't happen overnight. And this is a story behind that. So till 2011, one of my biggest fears was fears of public speaking. And it kind of hindered my growth uh, in my IT career and also in, even in my social life. Yeah. Because I was so nervous in terms of what other people are going to think about me. And as you said, it stems from your childhood trauma of this constant comparison and pressure from your family to live up to different expectations. And that's why it haunts us till we die. And that's the truth. But the point is, at least we have an option of doing something about it, right? So this fear of public speaking uh, followed me till 2011. And then one day I just saw this email saying, hey, there's a software conference in Seattle. Uh, You should come check us out, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of deleting it, like other spam emails, which I usually do, I started looking at it. And for some reason, I was looking at it for 10 minutes. That's because all these thoughts started flowing in my mind in the sense that all my childhood, throughout my childhood, I've been talking about, man, I have to get rid of this fear, get rid of the fear. And sure. I'm not, I've not taken any action, but I've decided when I had the trigger event that I'm going to face my fears. So this email like started talking to me <laughs> and I said, you know what? I am going to go to this conference because two things are going to happen. I'm going to push myself out of my comfort zone where I'm forced to talk to people. But a good thing is it's a safe place because no one knows me. So no one will give a shit if I mess up. Right. right. And finally, I get a chance to listen to these speakers and then see how they talk. So that's what I did. I spent $3,000 of my own money to go to the software conference. And for people listening, usually if you work in IT and go to a conference, you don't pay $3,000 out of your own pocket. Either the company sponsors you or you go there as a speaker. But for me... Unfortunately, my company ran out of budgets and they said, no, you cannot go to the conference because we don't have the money. And I was not a speaker. But I said, you know what? Screw this shit. I am going to go to this conference. I didn't have money. So I swiped a credit card for $3,000 and went to Seattle. There, I started networking with different people, connecting with people. I felt safer because no one knew me. And then I started attending these talks. And in these talks, there were speakers who were really good speakers and there were some bad talks as well, right? And frankly, for me, uh, hearing some bad talks really helped because that's when I had this epiphany that, you know what? All this while I've been talking about fear of public speaking, what other better way than actually giving, giving a talk to get rid of that fear, right? I 
Yeah. I had this uh, moment of truth and this realization while I was listening to a bad talk. So what I did was I networked with all the speakers at the conference, took notes on how they speak, how they prepare, how they submit proposals, etc. Then in 2012, I started speak, speaking in small, small meetup groups because it helped me to be still to a certain extent within my comfort zone, but slightly pushing it as well. And then in 2013, after seven months and 23 trial runs, I gave my first conference talk and it was a huge hit. People started talking about this, there's this Indian dude, he's funny, he, but he's super impactful. You should go check <laughs> him out. Fast forwarding to 2020, in yeah. 20, this year alone, I've spoken at 25 conferences, I've done five keynotes. So this is an example of what it takes to get to where you want to be, right? It takes oh. a lot of hard work. And that's why uh, before the start of this podcast, you're we talking about how I hate social media because all these folks um, on Instagram put all these pictures of they smiling with their Lambo, with their big houses, but they don't talk about two things. One is the journey to get to where they are or yep. their actual real life situation because there are a lot of people who buy the Lambo but they don't have money but social media has pulled them into this vortex of yep. living an artificial life and um, so they don't say that to people so readers get a wrong impression about these materialistic things that in terms of that's what defines success right right success is so uh, subjective based on the context of per, uh, yep. the person you ask, right? For some people, million dollars would be successful. For some people, getting to spend time with family is success. For some people, trying to uh, own a small coffee shop, right? That could be success. So yeah. that's why there's this quote, um, and I keep getting reminded about it every time we talk about comparison and then success. So it says, it goes like this, run your own race. So three years ago, I was listening to this podcast episode and this guy was talking about training for a marathon, right? He trained yeah. really hard for seven, eight months and then he starts running the marathon and then within the first five miles, he runs as if he wants to win the race because he sees other people around him and he just keeps looking at other people and running. And then after the fifth mile, he's gasping for breath. He's not able to move anymore because he pretty much consumed all his energy in the first five miles. Yeah. Then a person passes him and says, hey, run your own race and then leaves. That was so profound because that gave yeah. him the realization that everyone are there are in their own path. They have their own mission, vision, their goals. They have their different faces in their lives. So it doesn't make sense comparing your life with another person's life because you don't know what that other person is going through, right? right? And as I said, a person can have a Lambo but could be in million dollars debt. Or a person could have a coffee shop and could have a million dollars in investment and who would want to retire at the age of 30. You don't know. So that's why, yeah. especially I think it's hard for immigrants uh, and Asians because our childhood uh, 
childhood upbringing isn't that way, right? Where you have to constantly keep comparing yourself and usually it gets into the materialistic uh, domain. So it does take time, but what I'm trying to say here is it's not impossible, right? And when you talked about uh, all having only one life, that is so true. Because again, there's a saying by, by the great philosopher Confucius, it goes like this. We all have two lives. The second one starts when we realize we have only one. We, ha we all have two lives. The second one starts when we realize we have only one. That's why it's so important to realize that, hey, me and you are talking today. Maybe tomorrow shit may happen, right? If COVID has started one thing, yeah. it is this, that is life can change in a matter of seconds. People can go bankrupt in a matter of seconds. Your life could be taken in a matter of seconds. You never know. That's why you need to live the life based on your rules, based on your skill sets, based on your vision. That's why in my family, it's really hilarious because just uh, uh, this will add more context to the story. Mm -hmm. So in the history, in a history of 150 years, no one has ever actually dated someone from my family, in my family, right? It was all arranged marriages where they'll give you two pictures, you select one and then boom, you get married, then have kids, <laughs> have a house and then you retire right. and then die. That's pretty much the cycle, right? Again, no, I'm not taking a stab against arranged marriages. I'm just saying my experience. Right. I know arranged marriages work for people. But for me, I was always this person who really wanted to explore life and who came to that realization, you have only one life, you want to do things which you like, which gives you happiness. So to cut a long story short, I'm the only person in the history of 150 years who not only dated someone, but married a white American Caucasian person from Cleveland, Ohio. So I jumped straight from North Pole to South Pole. Yeah, <laughs> right. So this is to say that change is possible. People think that they are destined to be caught up in their circle of family or society and they cannot come out of it. They cannot come out of their shell. No, yeah. it's, it's all in your mindset because these are the, th the thoughts in your mind are neutral. You label them whether it's positive thoughts or negative thoughts, right? So that's why you need to come to a realization that change is possible. You have only one life and you need to do what gives you, what makes you happy and what gives you joy in life. Yeah. There was <clears throat> one constant in that segment that you were talking about that I wanted to expand upon. So when you were talking about that, you've spoken at, I believe you said 25 conferences now. You're alone. Yeah. Um, and you are also talking about being the first in your family also not to be in an arranged marriage. Right. Like the first part of this is, is that, you know, to get to speak to so many conferences, it's a lot of trial and error, basically. Yep. And I think, you know, even then so, because everybody talks about like discovering yourself and, you know, going after the things that are important to you. I feel like that kind of a mindset and psychology and personal development is circulating the internets right now like crazy. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that's really the hardest is, you know, the tactical aspect of this. So like, you know, like when you were talking about speaking at all these conferences, is it's like, like what steps did you actually take? What did that feel like? 
You know, did you feel rejection, you know, when you failed so many times? And, you know, what, what was that anxiety like? Like getting that personal, I think, is what really people need to understand and experience to truly realize, like, what it really takes, you know, to uh, to achieve those kinds of monumental results. And then, you know, really the one thing that, you know, I uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is just that, you know, breaking a pattern, like when you were talking about being the first person in your family not to be a part of an arranged marriage, like. You know, I, I, I can totally relate to that because I've done things to where I'd be like, well, my family has never done that. You know, it's right. like, am I allowed to do this? Should I do this? And like, I think those are the times that people need to realize, at least for me personally, that I've come to a realization that like do the polar opposite. I mean, fuck what's been done traditionally. Right. You know, like you're not trying to live a traditional life. You're trying to live an exceptional life. And to live an exceptional life, you have to do exceptional things that are definitely not traditional. What I mean traditional right. is like, you know, I have high goals, high expectations, high standards, you know. And at first I was like, well, are these even realistic, you know, based on my history? Like, should I even set such high standards or should I even aspire to to want to have it all? You know, like, right. is it realistic? You know, right. is it is it unrealistic because nobody in my family has ever done that? Nobody has. And that's just it. Like finding your path. Like, what is it that you want in life? Like, you know, do you want to be married and have kids? You know, do you want to have a lot of money? You know, do you want to have a, an exotic car? Do you want to have a dream house? And, you know, these are all things that are part of my vision is like, yes, I want all those things. And I've seen some of these things come to fruition, you know, being able to build a six figure business, which I didn't think it was even possible. Why? Because everybody else told me that it was impossible. You know, it's like, watch me prove you wrong. And it's so funny because uh, talking about social media, like you said, you know, Instagram story and so many people get the wrong impression. It really is. People do get the wrong impression. And, and, and at some point, I think you get a lot of people who kind of like veer away because they think that you're too whimsical. Like they think that you're not living in reality. Uh, right. In fact, it's actually a message I'm getting ready to push out today about the three different realities that most people don't understand. There's right. your reality, my reality, and then the reality of the world. Right. But at the end of the day is if you live in your own reality, I mean, I think that's what's going to make you happy. That's what's going to give you fulfillment. Because even if it's wrong, right, which, uh, you know, maybe ethically wrong or unlawful, right, then yes, there's boundaries in that. But right. besides any of those things, live in your own reality, whatever your reality is, define your reality, because I think that's what people are afraid of. It's like and as you were talking about all these things like, you know, building up to these achievements and speaking and getting married and breaking a chain and a traditional pattern. It's like most people are like, no, I don't want to do that. And to close that up, that segment is I think one of the most unfortunate things that I have seen and you mentioned covid is that, you know, in the United States of America specifically, over 60, maybe even 70% of Americans, which are broke, you know, are still trying to live a life of mediocrity where it's like, I want to get my paycheck. I want to pay my car payment, my mortgage. I want to put gas in the tank, food on the table, dress the kids, pay my utilities, and I'm right. good. But you know right. what? That's a minimal life. Right. Yet so many people settle for that. But 
there's a lot of people who actually want more, but unwilling to do more. So that's right. where it's I just, think. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that, that's why there's a saying, right? When you said uh, in terms of uh, people having a scarcity mindset instead of uh, an abundance right. mindset, there's a saying to be extraordinary, you need to go the extra mile. To be extraordinary, you need to go the extra mile. And I think that's what separate separates people who want to become legends and do legendary work to people who think about being legends, but they all are still in the same level of, uh, they have the same life throughout right. throughout their pretty much entire life, right? So I think that's the line which separates it. Uh, I, I believe it all starts with uh, your mindset. In terms of what type of um, mindset are you having, right? As yeah. I was saying, whether you feel stuck and you're scared, which is fine. But the point is, do you want to make a change? Are, are, do you believe in yourself? Do you have resilience in yourself, right? For me, resilience is something which has always been there with me. And I discovered that when my trigger event happened, during my second year of my undergrad, because I knew mm -hmm. that I'm going to embark on this journey where I'm going to piss off a lot of people, but then I'm going to be a lot happier. And yeah. that is resilience. In 2008, I came to the U.S. as an immigrant, for example, and yeah. uh, I still remember this. On August 31st, 2008, that's when I came to the U.S. And then on September 7th, 2008, Lehman Brothers fell. And for those young listeners who are joining in, Lehman Brothers was one of the biggest financial firms in the world based in the US and they became bankrupt mm -hmm. like overnight. And that kind of triggered the whole recession of 2008. And that's when I came. And as an immigrant, it was really hard to find jobs because I had come to the US yeah. to pursue my master's uh, in software engineering. But then no company was ready to hire me because they had to sponsor my work permit, right? So from the beginning of 2009 till end of 2009, I applied for 1,293 jobs. One, two, nine, three jobs, wow. right? And guess how many callbacks I got from these applications? Couple maybe? Yeah, you're very close. So I got four callbacks and I converted one job out of it and that it was not a full-time job but it was an internship and since yeah. then i worked my ass off to prove to people that i can do shit right i could do really yeah. great work and that's when i converted that into a full-time job so the reason i'm sharing the story is resilience and then shifting your mindset from a place of scarcity to abundance i think that's what helps to start the transformation process because we have all these limiting beliefs based on what the society has told us, based on the labels which we have, which we have, which, yeah. uh, which is honest, right? This person will label us as an introvert. This person labels us as a person who doesn't have credibility. This person would label us as someone who can never make a living, right? There, there are so many labels. But again, you decide how to react to all these labels, and other yeah. people's feedback and actions, right? Because you you cannot control the 
you cannot control your uh, control the circumstances, but you can always control your actions under any circumstances. And that's what we are talking about here. So when you are resilient, when you shift your mindset and belief system, and that's when the real transformation happens. And um, I think that's what we were talking about, where yeah. uh, you need to do something again, which m- makes you happy, which impact w- makes you make an impact in this world. Because everyone was born on the earth, born on this earth for a reason. Everyone has some skills. It's our responsibility to figure out what they are, and the way to do that is pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and keeping an open mind, right? Yeah. And during this journey, you are going to face a lot of obstacles. You're going to be hit by curveballs every freaking time. And you're going to fall down face flat on the floor. But then you have a choice. You can recognize it, feel sad, uh, and then feel this whole pain. But then stand up and then keep marching. Or you can just stay on the ground, right? So I can compare this to a tennis ball. Life is like a tennis ball. The the higher from where you fall, the higher you're going to go up, right? Because when you leave, when you release the ball, right, it's going to hit the floor, rock bottom, but then it's going to bounce back. It's like the stock market, right? In, in a way. So that's why that's what you need to remember. And all these things which I've been talking about is all mindset and belief system. That's why when I help my clients yeah. who are specifically in the tech industry to find their dream jobs and become successful leaders. I have a lot of strategies and stuff I work on, but I first start with mindset and belief system and that's when real change happens. So, so uh, you're absolutely right. And that was, you know, a really good way to also expand and add some additional insight. Um, I wanted you, so you have a book called uh, Skyrocket Your Career. Um, I want to spend a few minutes, you know, have you talk about that and share why, you know, people that, especially in the technology space, you know, that are looking to, you know, land their dream job and, and, and really become a, a rock star. So, you know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the book. Tell us what the book is and why should people pick it up? So this is the thing. Currently, if you see, people feel anxious about their job security. They feel stuck in their career. And there have been millions of people who have been on the receiving end of mass layoffs. And finally, there are people who want to make a change in their careers, but they're afraid to do so because of the fear of the unknowns. And I was in the exact same situation in 2008, as I described, right? And since then, I've learned so many different strategies, gone through so many different experiences, successes, and failures that has transformed my life from a minimum earning salary earning kid into where I am today. And that's what... I just, I, that's what I uh, describe in this book. I give people different strategies to find their dream job, be massively successful in it, and set them miles apart from the competition. And the different tips, tricks, and tools, which I mentioned in this book, is going to make you realize that the power to make a change is already within you. You just have to unravel all the things which is in your mind and then come up with strategies. So, that's why I wrote the book and that's what the book is about, right? And in terms of uh, how it's different from other books and why people have to buy it. Mm-hmm. So I read about 25 to 30 books a year and I listen to about 200 podcasts at least a year, right? I'm a motivational junkie and that's what I do. But the point is, 
in most of the books or podcasts I listen to, they either talk about the experiences or they talk about the strategies, but they don't talk about how the experiences weave into these strategies. And I and that's the gap my book is going to fill, where I share my real life experiences going through different adversities in my career and personal life. And then I talk about different strategies I actually use to make the transformation mm-hmm. to come out of it, right? And uh, what this m- makes this book really helpful is I give actionable items and yeah, worksheets and different things you can implement it right now, especially with 2021 starting. This is going to be a really great book to inspire you, motivate you and give and make you successful at your work as well. So if you are at the forking point of your career and you're looking for guidance, if you uh, feel stuck in your career and you feel that whatever work you're doing is going unnoticed, if you're going through low self-esteem, high self-doubt and you need motivation, if you want to transition into leadership roles are finally, finally, if you want to set yourself miles apart from the competition, then this book is for you. Um, since I'm from the tech space, a lot of examples I may use could be related to tech jobs like software programmer or uh, software developer. But the point is the strategies which I describe applies to anyone who wants to skyrocket, who wants to skyrocket their career, right? So it's not restricted only to tech folks. So that's why. I think people should go buy it. And um, yeah, I'm really happy that I released it mid-November. It hit rank 70 on the bestseller list in the jobs and careers category. And uh, people have already been finding it super impactful. So yeah, I think uh, it's going to really, really help a lot of people, especially who are looking to grow in their careers. Awesome, Raj. Um, you know, this was a really great conversation. I, I think... You shared so much, you know, about your journey, you shared so much about mindset and resiliency and uh, through your own experiences, you know, and, and, and things that you've overcome. And uh, I personally enjoyed a lot of it because there was a lot of it that, you know, really related to me being a fellow immigrant. Um, also, all the way back to my childhood days. Um, before we wrap things up, you know, let's throw out some social handles, websites. How can people you know, connect with you uh, out there if they want if they want to help with you know uh, accelerating their career, picking up the book, coaching, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so if since we were on the topic of the book, so if you want to go check out my book and buy the book right now, uh, go to skyrocketyourcareerbook.com. Again, it's skyrocketyourcareerbook.com, and on the website you're gonna find different links to order the book. And I just checked mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, it's available on pretty much every bookstore you buy your books from. So uh, uh, so go check it out. And also you can download the, uh, the first chapter for free because this is the thing. I know how it feels when you, you have this great book with great marketing and great rankings, right? And then you buy the book and it's so shitty. So I wanna make sure people get value from my book and they know what they're getting into. So the first chapter, I have it for free so people can go download it from the website as well and they can get a feel for how impactful it could be. Uh, and I also have a video in terms of describing the different sections of the book. So definitely go check it out. So that's with the book. And oh, and with the book, it's only 99 pages. It's a really fast read. So that is something to think about. In terms of working with me, knowing to get to know what I'm doing, 
Uh, check out my website, rajsubra.com, which is R-A-J-S-U-B-R-A.com. Uh, there, you're going to find out different information about my coaching programs, how I impact people, what I stand for, what I'm currently working on. So that's, that's a great way to get to know me and connect with me. And finally, I'm super active on LinkedIn. Literally, I live on LinkedIn. So if you are on LinkedIn, make sure you follow me and message me. I love to have conversations. I love to help people, especially from a career, personal life standpoint. Uh, I could share my experiences as well. So that's my whole awesome. speed of how people can connect with me. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, being on the, on the podcast. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And uh, I think these conversations are really important to have. And uh, for those of you listening, just remember one thing that it's never too late to make a change. Um, the right time to make a change is right now. So just keep that in mind. Awesome. Thanks, Raj. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Big dog status, 